Hello everyone. Welcome to Digital Marketing Gap, the podcast where we keep on sharing some of the informative tools, techniques, case studies and latest updates in digital marketing domain. I'm your host Prince Kumar and today we have Justin Lively, the director of social and influencer marketing at Demand Bay with us to discuss on top 5 things you must know about b2b influencer marketing justin has previously led social marketing at servicenow global social media for citrix and launched a social media agency that worked with fortune 500 brands through his speaking writing and other opportunities he has been interviewed by mainstream media sources include like fox business Associate Press, INC Magazine, and the Boston Globe. Justin is the author of the second edition and co-author of the third edition of Facebook Marketing. Hi, Justin. Welcome to our show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So, Justin, uh, to start with uh, our conversation of today, can you help us understand your complete corporate journey? and also how you entered into this influencer marketing industry yeah so i started kind of, as you talked about in the early days of social media so this was before really was called social media there were you know some of us across the country across the us that were trying to understand these new platforms so this was right around the time that uh twitter was out you know facebook was coming out of the boston area where mark zuckerberg went to uh, college at her at harvard other tools like youtube were just being launched but there were also all these other platforms that were competing for attention so you had tools like friendster and plurk and everything else you know there was probably 10 of them at the time you also had blogs and podcasts that were still very popular then and businesses started to try to figure out how they could use these platforms at the same time that individuals were beginning to build their personal brands right so many people already had personal brands built through their podcast or through a blog but you're start to see it evolve to social channels or or transfer to social tra- channels. So during that time we had an opportunity to start this social agency a fr- very close friend of mine uh co-authored a book called Trust Agents so his name is Chris Brogan it was one of the first books in the industry to talk about this and he had several companies coming to him to ask him to consult on social media. So he tapped me because of what I was doing for one of my friends steakhouses uh in a small town in Massachusetts. And we took that uh some of my work and in his thoughts and we started to work with these Fortune 500 brands. As we worked with them, we explored different uh concepts you know one of them was uh powering a blog so that was work with citrix you know it wasn't a citrix blog but it was a blog or a 
entity that they powered. Uh, uh, we worked with uh, companies like Sony uh, on an influencer marketing campaign, on with AMD and PepsiCo and Microsoft, uh, you know, areas within those companies just because of how large they were. Uh, we worked with uh, Molson, uh, the beer company, on a, on a kind of DUI campaign that they wanted to get across, a, you know, driving uh, under an influence kind of campaign. And we continued to build these brands and, and help these brands. That led to Citrix recruiting me into one of their divisions in my career evolving there. I went on to consult and speak and, and write my book. And that led to working with ServiceNow. Um, and then kind of over COVID, over the main area of the pandemic, you know, eventually I made my way to demand base as we wanted to scale this program that we currently have of social and influencer marketing. Perfect, perfect. So uh, you mentioned that you started your journey with social media. So have you gradually shifted towards influencer marketing or you are currently working in both of the important things? So yeah, over time it has shifted or, or evolved to influencer marketing to where I manage both of them these days. All of social media within the company and influencer marketing falls under my purview with the exception and this is where some people make uh, a small error with the exception of PR and analysts. Because yes, analysts and press are influencers, but that's why we have teams that work directly with those uh, individuals or those groups. So what I, what I work on and who I work with are industry influencers, be they social media influencers or b2b sales or b2b marketing influencers you know finding those people really within those niche environments uh, who drive awareness and activation uh, within their communities so uh, when we talk about influencer marketing b2c business is something that is very you know common that anyone can see but why do you think that influencer marketing is important for b2b businesses so I think that B2B are missing out on a very key area of working with influencers. As you look at the growth of where B2C really happened, you know, you look at, you know, the moms and a lot of times they're called mommy bloggers uh, in their kind of infancy. And you look at food bloggers and, and all these other elements that were within B2C and continue to be uh, within B2C companies. B2B marketing was originally losing out on that opportunity. So there are all of these individuals that had developed followings and very tight-knit communities that, that listened to these individuals that folks in B2B were missing out on having conversations with and develop in long-term relationships with. So these weren't just transactional uh, relationships, but they were developing long-term opportunities and relationships that were beneficial to both the influencer and to the brand. 
definitely you know since you have highlighted what is the scope why there is a kind of good scope in b2b segment so there might be some other the challenges because of which brands see b2c as a good option compared to b2b so are do you think it are there any challenges because of which b2b business cannot adopt influencer marketing at a rapid rate I don't think so per se. I think there's a lot that can be learned from B2C influencer marketing, especially because these brands within B2C have known about the need to go to niche markets, right? The when you look at how food bloggers have become termed, it's because these brands even uh, down to kind of say the restaurant levels have understood that they need to attract food bloggers within their markets to help drive the awareness of their brand and in you know the food in that example and with mom bloggers for example it's household items or you know other things that are attractive i think that with B2B companies what's been hard or where the missed opportunity has been for a majority of them as i mentioned is that consideration that's a transactional relationship that many B2B companies and this is semi true for B2C companies it's not saying that they don't have the budgets but B2B companies initially have thought it's transactional so this B2B influencer has this huge audience that's great they charge x amount of money to work with them we're just going to pay for it they do what we paid them to do and now we move on to our next campaign and we don't look back even though there's that opportunity to develop that long-term relationship with them where it's a two-way street and it's not just transactional it may lead to additional Uh, campaign support and additional outreach but it is a huge missed opportunity where there's just a focus on the actual number the actual reach and uh, most of the time say a social media influencer for example might have hundreds of thousands of followers but they might not be the right followers for that B2B company So you need to look at say micro or nano uh influencers that have smaller communities but that might be better aligned for your type of B2B company the markets that you play in or where your product is you know being launched or opportunities uh with those customers definitely so one thing that i can understand that there is a good scope it is just that businesses are not aware of you know more of this b2b opportunity because they are aware of b2c there is a kind of good scope but then they need to be educated about it that you know if even if they are going for b2b then they can achieve the result that they are planning for that yeah absolutely and i think that when you look at that you need to provide these uh b2b companies with some tips right certainly and as i said already you know it's more than just a number it's you know actually looking at who is right for that b2b company 
uh, also considering that long-term relationship, what type of content are they creating and the topics that they favor, right? What, what are those right topics or what are those right podcasts? For example, they may listen to this podcast and therefore you may be an influencer, right? That community that is right for our company may be exactly who we want to reach. And so therefore you may be someone that you may be a brand advocate or someone that we want to work with. That does not mean a sponsor because your show may not allow sponsorships. It might just not be the structure of your show, but you have the right audience. So I think, you know, considering that because in, in say your case, you might not have a blog. You might not have a website. This may be, this podcast may be your preferred medium to have guests and to put your personal brand out there and to build your brand and your followership, right? Other people might be video. And so they don't have a podcast or they don't have a blog or they do have a blog and they perform they prefer multiple forms of content creation. So you really have to understand that and understand where your brand wants to play with those influencers, right? If, if you prefer to only work with people that are, uh, you know, kind of text based content, whether that's a blog or that's a newsletter, great. You need to understand that if it's, uh, say around a podcast, that's fine too. Is that a sponsorship or is that going to be working with them to reach out to their audience? Maybe it's as a guest on the podcast or it's some positioning. So things like that. Um, and then as part of that, how can you help that influencer? Again, not transactional. It might be great to, for example, pay you in this case to uh, do something for the brand around the launch, but that's great. You make some money, we get some benefit from it and it goes away. What's better for that long-term relationship is ensuring that through our social channels over time, we're also helping to share out content organically that might fit our audience that you're creating with other guests, for example. Um, monitoring and engaging on a human level is another area that I think brands can really focus on. So a lot of people, individuals that you might choose to work with are influencers or seen as brands, right? They're brand advocates or they're uh, a brand unto themselves, but at the end of the day, they're, they're humans. And so what can you do to, uh, reach out to them at that level and appeal to them at their, that level, even a simple thank you gift for working with your brand is great, right? It can be sending them, whether it's something branded, you know, a, a sweatshirt or, or t you know, t-shirt or whatever or sending them an unbranded gift, just a thank you. Or nowadays, you know, as we record this in the middle of the pandemic, you're seeing a lot of these Zoom-based experiential kind of things, you know, uh, 
cooking or you know mixology or beer hours or, or wine based classes so you could do something like that or, or direct relationships with your senior staff think in micro not macro so we talked about this right and this is not hiring even the biggest brands in the world not going after the person with the the millions of followers because they'll drive some brand awareness. The biggest B2B and for that matter, B2C brands might do that in some big reveals, right? If you can imagine, and it's on the B2C side of life, but when Pepsi or someone like that comes out with, with something, they might purposely hire someone that has a huge platform on TikTok because it makes a lot of sense. But for a B2B brand, why utilize that entire budget on someone that's going to record one video or mention your brand once and maybe you get a few clicks because the majority of their audience isn't the one that you want. Instead, use that budget, use the, that relationship building to hire or to work with 50 influencers, all that have 2000 followers, but they're going to be the right 2000 or the right, at least, you know, 500 within each one of those groups that will actually drive true brand awareness, true engagement with your brand. And then I think, uh, kind of most importantly is to ensure that you're measuring your results. You have to measure what you're getting out of your programs to judge how you make tweaks, changes, involve new influencers into, you know, the next evolution. You know, if you want to bring new ones into the fold, if there's ones that you feel like you paid, but you didn't get enough return on your ROI. Yeah. So things of that nature. So you have highlighted very important points that businesses can do. Also, uh, you know, now coming to the topic that we have for today, that is what are the top five most important things that businesses should know about influencer marketing? Uh, so can you help out with these five most uh, important points? Yeah, I think the, the top ones are the ones that I just talked about. I think that when you get into, say, the measurement areas, brands should be looking at uh, true brand awareness so that can look at the what was your total reach prior to this partnership or these partnerships and then what was your reach during those partnerships or even after that right um similar ish what was your share of voice so your share of voice might have been x uh generally speaking, or in your competitor set. And then your as you work with your influencers, you know, if you kind of draw a, a marker, a baseline, you know, where are you now? In theory, both are going to go up and to the right, right? Because you're spending money, you're developing these organic and paid relationships, because that's the other side of it. Not everything is a paid relationship. The goal is to develop organic long-term relationships as well. So understanding what your share of voice is, 
when you do use paid uh, paid influencers or you do have paid engagements, what is your cost per engagement, right? So this is if we had an organic relationship, that's one thing. You know, we're working to help out each other, both short term, but also long term. But those people that you pay to uh, to do something specific for your brand as part of uh, an engagement, what was that cost? And, and a lot of people, especially say in media, buy-in are used to a CPM, you know, kind of what was that cost? But uh, for the brand, what was that cost per engagement? So we paid X thousands of dollars and how much engagement did we get from that compared to the next influencer? So these costs could be different because each influencer charges something different. For example, each has different size audiences and you may be surprised at what those results are because you could pay someone less and have more engagement, pay someone more and have less engagement. You know, you, you kind of play this, this game so that in the next go around, either you stay engaged with those people, or maybe you look for someone else that's in a, a different price range or that has a more engaged audience or maybe both. Got it, got it. So one thing is somewhere, you know, clear that uh, in B2B, we should not be aiming sales as our end objective. There can be different other objectives that can be having a better engagement, having a kind of better reach, better branding. So uh, can you help us understand what are the different ROIs that B2B businesses can consider while they are going for influencer marketing? I do think that one area that companies need to understand um, and if it's not kind of a direct answer to your question, just let me know. But is that mark influencer marketing by way of its name typically sits under marketing, right? And you have, it, it's very easy for that uh, team or that individual to stay focused on, in this case, B2B marketers or B2B social influencers, kind of, it, it's just easy. It's in my day job, it's very easy to have relationships with social influencers. It's where a lot of my relationships are based. But if you're into influencer marketing, you need to look broader in this case across all of go-to-market, right? So you need to understand who influencers are in revenue operations, in marketing operations, and in sales. And I know of and have developed relationships with influencers in a smaller function within sales being SDRs, right? Sales development representatives and C-suite influencers. And I mean, it's not just the marketing influencers, it is who is everyone that can influence 
areas of that company. Now, the last point in this uh, discussion is uh, definitely, you know, when businesses come for, for B2B influencer marketing, they might be having a lot of doubts or you can also consider as a myth that they generally have when they might be comparing the activities with B2C. So can you just mention one or two myths that generally businesses have when they, uh, you know, come for this B2B influencer marketing? Sure. I think that one of the biggest missed opportunities is that they're not doing it. I mean, all of the metrics show, you know, every research report, every new stat that comes out shows that it's uh, a missed opportunity, that the market is growing uh, year over year, you know, from now through 2023, 2025, things of that nature. Um, multi, multi-billion dollar market. Also, all of the studies in you as an individual probably understand and agree with that you trust people more than you trust a brand. Definitely. And so if you talk to or hear from a person that you you understand, you trust, you read and consume their content, you're more likely to be aligned in this case with any brands that they recommend or products that they recommend. Not necessarily that brand targeting you with an ad because you clicked on something. Brands have to do that anyways. It's part of, you know, digital marketing and there's nothing against that. But brands that aren't considering influencer marketing are missing out on that trust factor. And it's baked into the trust, uh, you know, all the trust uh, research reports, all of the B2B research reports, everything you see come out from various agencies and various, uh, you know, marketing groups say that. And, uh, you know, Edelman, who's a, a very well-respected agency, publishes their trust barometer every year. And it's not a surprise that it comes out within their showcases within there. So I do think that not doing it, not starting there is a, a big misstep. Um, I do think, however, you can't go into it without uh, having a true strategy and understanding that you need to build these long-term relationships. You may need to hire an agency in the beginning to really start to understand this concept. And that's fine. Each company is going to feel a little differently. Someone companies like the man base may hire someone to put in charge of influencer marketing, but there is a lot of nuance to it from organic relationship building to paid relationship, you know, opportunities to scale of, of these our programs. So there is a lot, but the, the big misstep is not getting involved. Getting involved. Any last piece of advice that you would like to give to the businesses no, who wants to go into this B2B influencer marketing? Yeah, I would say that there are 
plenty of case studies of companies that are uh, executing influencer marketing at all sizes, right? You know, it's not just the largest companies in the world and it's uh, not just small B2B companies. There are companies that are executing it at all sizes and you can learn, even if you're a smaller B2B company, you can learn from some of these larger B2B uh, companies, you know, these large publicly traded companies, for example, for example, uh, there are also a lot of podcasts that exist out there. So find the, the right ones. Uh, you know, uh, a small plug is a friend of mine, Jason Falls, uh, recently wrote a book called Winfluence. Uh, which is solely focused on influencer marketing. And he has a podcast by the same name, Winfluence. Uh, you know, there's other uh, agencies out there like Top Rank Marketing who have a podcast and who have done a lot of research around influencer marketing that's with influencer pros throughout um, the industry. So I think, you know, do research, find these brands that are, are, you know, putting together a great work, find people that have podcasts and blogs and agencies that you can, you know, consume their content uh, as you take the next steps in your kind of influencer marketing programs. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. I think so. You have given a lot of information today and the major thing that you have done is highlighted a lot of myth that businesses had and the general myth they had was that you know influencer marketing is something that is effective in terms of b2c but with your advice i think so businesses will start exploring influencer marketing for their b2b business also so thank you for sharing your valuable advices and I look forward to have you again on our show and discuss more about this exciting world of influencer marketing. Thank you so much.